Grace, mercy, and peace be yours today from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Luke says, they understood none of these things. This saying was hidden from them, and they did not grasp what was said. Luke describes the disciples just after Jesus said to them in very plain words that they were going to Jerusalem, and there he must suffer and die. Jesus couldn't have put it any simpler. It was clear and in order. This is the foretelling of Passion Week. See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written about the Son of Man by the prophets will be accomplished. For he will be delivered over to the Gentiles, and will be mocked, and shamefully treated, and spit upon. And after flogging him, they will kill him. And on the third day, he will rise. How could this description of the holy passion not be understood? Jesus is certainly speaking the same language. What are we to make of this? Doubts had entered the disciples' minds. The true meaning of these words escaped them. Maybe these words were not literal. Maybe he's speaking more of a parable or a teaching of sorts, something symbolic. What were their doubts? Well, the disciples considered it to be an impossibility. Not that his death couldn't happen, but that it wouldn't happen. The disciples thought that it was completely unnecessary that their Lord needed to suffer and die. They heard Jesus say he was the son of the living God. They had already seen that nothing in this world could stand the divine power of Jesus. They recognized God in Jesus, who, Jesus who conquered diseases, Jesus who conquered demons, even raised the dead. Well, if you remember, the disciples were with Jesus in Nazareth, as the townspeople wanted to throw him over the cliff. How was it he escaped? Passing through the midst of them, he went on his way. Another time at Jerusalem, Pharisees sent officers to take him prisoner. But yet, Jesus' divine words so affected these officers that they could not even lay their hands on him. Upon the officers' return to their bosses, their only excuse was, no one ever spoke like this man. And another time, Jesus had declared, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. This made the Jews in the temple go simply mad. They took up stones and circled Jesus. Jesus was doomed. How did he escape? He passed through the midst of them and went out of the temple. No arm moved. No stone was cast. Disciples, eyewitnesses to all of these things. 
Hence, perhaps, their doubts. Christ could not possibly fall into the hands of his enemies to, to suffer and die. It was impossible. It was simply unnecessary. As it seems to us at times, the death of Jesus is simply not necessary. After all, from the days of your youth, you've been taught that Jesus is king. And God has a glorious kingdom that rules over all. You've been instructed all along that the kingdom of heaven and Jesus Christ is not of this world. It just doesn't seem necessary for God in the flesh to, to suffer, to die and rise again. God is God, isn't he? Jesus could simply ascend to the throne without doing himself any harm at all. The humiliation of Jesus Christ is incomprehensible, unfathomable. Even as we seek why Jesus would choose not to use his divine power, nothing is revealed to our human reason. Jesus, suffer and die? And at the same time, this is the Son of God? This is our stumbling block. History proves it. Experience confirms it. Nothing did the Jews and the Gentiles in the days of the apostles consider more foolish and more ridiculous than to hear Christians call Jesus their God and their Savior. Jesus, who had been betrayed by one of their own. Jesus, who was killed like a common criminal. Not much has changed. Belief in Jesus is highly objectionable. This man, born homeless, born poor, this man becomes helpless in the hands of his enemies, arrested and condemned to death. Hanging on a cross, Jesus himself complains that God has forsaken him. This guy is God? This guy is our Savior? How can this be possible? Well, even if it were possible, what is the necessity for such proceedings? Why would the God of love be so cruel to lay upon his beloved son the burden of the sins of the entire world? We don't deem this necessary. Could not have the almighty God have devised some other plan to redeem the human race? The blood of his own son? The doubts litter our souls concerning the suffering and death of the Son of God. How then are these doubts and objections removed? Are we left to wrestle against God on our own, only to drag along our injured faith? hoping to make it to a blessed end? For 4,000 years, God had been proclaiming to the world that his son would become man to suffer and die for the sins of the world. Even the tiniest of occurrences connected with his suffering and death are foretold 
in the Old Testament. And in the New Testament, did not Christ himself show that he could have escaped at any moment? He could have resisted. After all, he escaped the cliff. He resisted the stoning. At another time, he demanded that Peter put away his sword at his arrest. And at the same time, sought liberty for his disciples so that they may be free from arrest. Willingly, he came into this world. Willingly, he took the form of a servant. Willingly and knowingly, he undertook his last journey into Jerusalem to fulfill all things foretold by the prophets concerning the Son of Man. Not only was this journey possible, it was necessary. But why not? Another plan. A plan not so cruel, something not so bloody to save the human race. The Bible teaches us that God is not only merciful, but just and holy. His justice demands full payment, full punishment of transgressors. God cannot be merciful at the expense of his justice and his holiness. And God cannot forgive your sin in such a way as to act if sin were nothing serious. God did not take any pleasure in the cruelty connected with the sacrifice of his son for the entire human race. But it had to be this way. To satisfy the demands of divine justice. To fully atone for the sins of all men. And to show mercy. As we enter Lent, we need to know that sin is serious. Sometimes we tend to look at sin as some sort of weakness in which we're not to blame all that much. And we tend to look upon God in heaven as an over-good, even lenient father who overlooks the wrongdoings of his children and lets some sins go unpunished. So, to be convinced of the necessity of Jesus' bloody atonement for our sins, we must, first and foremost, be enlightened by the word of God. As he drew near to Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. And hearing a crowd going by, he inquired what this meant. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who were in front rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he came near, he asked him, What do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Recover your sight. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. This event is wonderful. This event occurred immediately after the disciples were 
made aware of their own spiritual blindness concerning the Lord's coming suffering and death. And it goes to show you how we may be cured of it. To be cured means to become perfectly convinced of the necessity of the suffering and death of Jesus Christ. Blessed are you who calls upon Jesus Christ, as did the blind man. Blessed are you who believes, for you are forgiven. Jesus will hear your prayer. Jesus will hear your confession and remove from you all those doubts which your human reason may produce concerning the holy passion of Jesus Christ. There's your answer. There's your cure. Faith. That's it. Faith alone in Jesus Christ, given to you by Jesus Christ. The coming history of the Lord's passion will be unto you a source of life and a source of salvation. Streams of healing flow forth from Christ's words that will comfort you now in life and will comfort you in death. May the Lord grant to us all such a divine blessing during the coming season of Lent. May the Lord strengthen our faith while we prayerfully contemplate the sacred history of our suffering and dying Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.